Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing? I'm glad that you're on this journey with us. I hope you all are doing well, and we have a wonderful show for you today. But first, I am going to update you on a couple of things that have been happening here at the Winkler household and the podcast. So one of which I promised to wear my new t-shirt that I had made up for the Winds of the Faithful podcast. So I remembered to wear my t-shirt today. Uh, Here is my logo is on t-shirt. So I think it came out really well. And you can support the podcast by purchasing a t-shirt. There's also some other items in there in the store, and that's on dswministries.org. I have been recording music right and left here, having a great time, and as I'm finishing up each song, I post it on my website so you can enjoy it. So if you go on my homepage, you will see up in the menu, listen to my songs. So that's an actual page. So it has all the songs from my previous album and then the new songs that are going on the new album. And this week I had my guitarist over to do his guitar solos for my Break These Chains song, my original blues tune. When it is finished, I can't wait. You will hear it right here on the podcast first. So if you want to get a free song, out of my store, then sign up for my newsletter. You can sign up on my website to know first about what's going on in my ministry. So if you scroll to the bottom of any page on my website, it has a sign up to keep in contact. And it also, you will get a list of the top resources for domestic violence and abuse survivors. I personally handpicked everything on that list. So I also want to mention that I would really like to have a meet and greet with all of you, those of you that can make it on Zoom, where we can meet and see each other and talk and want to learn all about you and your life and what you think of the podcast and fun things going on in your part of the world. So That's another reason why I want you to sign up for the newsletter, because that is the only way that you'll be able to get the link to the Zoom. It wouldn't be feasible to do it on the podcast in the show notes because of the dates. So um, let me know. Send me an email if that sounds interesting to you, that you want to meet up with me and we can chat. We'll have fun and maybe one of these meetups we will have a little concert. What do you think of that? With some of the new music? Anyway, we have a great show for you today. A wonderful young lady named Lydia Freeman is my guest today. And she has a podcast called Holy 
ship. And that is ship like boat. That is a play on words, yes. And she and her co-host, Emma, they talk about sexuality, purity culture, and in the church, and a bunch of other topics. And she reached out and wanted to come on the show and talk about her background. We'll read a little bit about her on her bio here. Lydia is originally from Southwest Michigan, but has lived in New York City for the past four and a half years. She's a co-host and a creator of the Holy Ship podcast, where she discusses the intersection of women, Christianity, and sexuality in an open and shame-free way. She enjoys public speaking, videography, traveling, and throwing dinner parties. We had such a good conversation, and you're just going to love her. She's got a wonderful way about her and telling stories, and she really loves the Lord as well. Get yourself a beverage and cozy up and listen to our conversation. So without further ado, here is Lydia. Please welcome Lydia Vreeman to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. Doing good. Very excited to talk. Yeah, thanks for reaching out to me. I really enjoyed listening to your podcast and we kind of have similar themes in our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I mean, we've got an outline, but you know, who knows? We might throw the outline out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see where the conversation goes. So let's, let's get to know you a little better. Um, kind of want to have a little bit of fun banter in the beginning. So I see that you like to travel. I do too. So where do you like traveling to? Yeah. So growing up, we traveled quite a bit because my dad was a missions pastor for a while. So we went to, I think, Kenya, Ethiopia, Romania, and a few other countries. And I mean, I've loved every place I've gone. Um, but most recently I've been traveling to France quite a bit and Israel, and I just took a new job that will actually bring me to six new countries. So like really excited. Wow. We've got something in common. I've, I've been to France twice. Oh, fun. So we were there in 2019 and then we went to Israel as well in 2019. Yeah. Both yeah. great countries. Oh my word. So oh, yeah. enjoy my time there. Yeah, we could mm-hmm. talk for hours on just those two countries. I yeah. definitely want to go back, but I think I'll stay put for a little bit till mm-hmm. the chaos dies down. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to ask you, what was your what was your favorite site in the Holy Land? Oh, oh, I don't even know. I felt like everywhere just had such a unique um aspect to it. I'm trying to think. I we went to the hill where the Beatitudes were. Okay, and yeah. I just loved that place, and it was it was just so beautiful. And then seeing where he just said that, which I've like had to memorize that over and over again, um, just for different parts of my life. And so being able to see like this is where Jesus sat and like told the crowds this was just so remarkable. Yeah, that was a wonderful place to go. Yeah. I liked the the Jesus boat on the Sea of Galilee, mm-hmm. the boat tour because it was quiet. Yeah. Because you could actually imagine Jesus walking on the water. Mm-hmm. And then I liked the the garden tomb because, again, it was quiet yeah. and meditative and peaceful. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know what time of the year you went. We went at the end of end of October and it was so crowded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just crowded everywhere and and you know, people peddling stuff. And yeah, I was just like, I'm trying to be meditative and think mm-hmm. about what <laughs> happened here. And you're just pushing all this stuff into my face, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that's why I like those places because yeah. I could not, we, we had communion at the garden tomb mm-hmm. and that was really special. Yeah, yeah. All of it was amazing. All that is wonderful. And then it was even better coming back and looking at all those pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And then you read your Bible and it's just like a whole different story. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I was there. Mm-hmm. When we were like touring around each spot, we would read whatever passages happened there. And it just gave it so much more context. And you're like, oh, like different parts of it just makes so much more sense now that you see like what the actual environment's like there. So I hear that you like to give dinner parties. Oh, my word. Yes. Oh. My favorite thing ever. <laughs> What kind of dinner parties are they? So I loved having themed dinner parties and any excuse for me to wear a sparkly dress is a win in my book. So most recently we had like a snow picnic party where we had the whole floor with like these comfy blankets and pillows and we had like snowflakes, a little s'more station inside and this dessert charcuterie board that was all like winter themed, I'll say. Um, it was just so much fun. And we all wore sparkly dresses. It was great. <laughs> and you do this at your home? Mm-hmm. Small New York City apartment, but made it more cozy. Wow. Wow. That sounds like fun. Yeah. They're so I great. I haven't had a dinner party in a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for the folks that don't know you, can you uh, tell us a bit about yourself and what your ministry is? Yeah. So um, I grew up in Southwest Michigan, um, like a very Christian hometown. As I said earlier, my dad was a pastor for most of my childhood, so grew up Christian. So I work part-time in children's ministry, and then we have, or I have a podcast with one of my best friends called Holy Ship, and it's about talking about the intersection of Christianity, sexuality, and women, and just how all of those interact, and then we open up a dialogue in this like open shame free environment just that women can process but then also learn in a safe space and just ask questions so yeah cool and your your best friend's name is her name is emma emma she's your Mm -hmm. co-host yeah and you guys make a dynamic duo yes it's so fun very yeah you sound like you're having a a lot of fun over there Mm mm-hmm So we're going to start with your background Mm -hmm. about what, what your childhood was like, how you were raised. Could you set the scene for us here? Yep. So I was raised in Southwest Michigan. Um, It's a very Christian like town. Basically everyone I knew growing, growing up was Christian. Um, My dad was a pastor for most of my childhood and Yeah, I honestly had a great childhood. It was filled with a lot of outdoor experiences because Michigan, we lived right on the lake and there's all these like hiking trails and lived on a cul-de-sac with a ton of kids. So honestly, incredible. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And so what was your relationship with the Lord like? how How did you meet the Lord on a personal level? Yeah. So grew up Christian and then in high school, 
decided that I didn't really think Christianity was for me and stopped going to youth group, uh, was really bitter towards God and just was kind of like breeding this resentment in my heart. And then by total act of God ended up at a Christian college. And so I moved to New York city to attend school here, um, like a really tiny Christian school and had to take an old Testament class. So I was learning all about the Israelites and I was like, these are, people are so stupid. Like God's providing all these things for them. And they just keep walking away, like, and like turning to idols. And I was just so confused, like how they could do that. Um, and kind of as that was happening, we were fostering a brother at my house back in Michigan, and I just loved him so much. We got along great. And while there were some problems before I left, um, after I left and moved to college, they really kind of blew up at home. He ended up being um, placed in a different family, and it was just like this heartbreaking experience for me to like have this brother and then have him taken away. And I felt so alone during this time. And it really made me even more angry at God. And I remember I was standing in the shower one day and I just started like screaming at God. And I was so angry that this would happen um, and heard God's voice. And he was just like, Lydia, like, I'm here. I see you. I'm sitting with you in the pain. Mm -hmm. Like I've been here all along. And he's like, you're acting like the Israelites right now. Like I've been here and I keep providing for you and you keep turning away and running away. And I was like, oh my word, <laughs> you're right. Um, and had this just incredible moment that was so transformative. And I think it was two weeks later, I decided to get baptized because of this experience. And I was like, no, like God's right. Like he has been here and he kind of showed me my whole past and where he was in every moment that I thought I was alone. Um, so yeah, that's when I really decided to make my faith my own and say really became a Christian and joined a church that I'm still at now and wow. just absolutely love it. So sounds yeah. like you had the whole footprints experience. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That poem that everybody knows. Mm -hmm. Isn't it crazy when you know, God speaks to you on a real level. I mean, people yeah. talk all the time. Oh, God told me this and God told me that. Mm -hmm. And most people are like, what does that even mean? God spoke to you. But you know now what that is. Yeah, yeah. He does speak to us in our hearts. It's not mm -hmm. a voice from the clouds. Yeah. But it's in our hearts and it's mm -hmm. through his word and sometimes yeah. through other people, as you pointed mm -hmm. out, the experience with your brother there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to transition into something a little more traumatic here. You shared mm -hmm. that you are a sexual assault survivor. Yeah. And it was somebody from your church. So mm -hmm. just share with us what you feel comfortable with today. Yeah. So yes, I was sexually assaulted by someone I was really close with, um, had gone to church with for a long time and, you know, who called himself Christian. I thought, I mean, I still believe he's Christian. Um, and yeah. And who I just genuinely considered to be a friend and he sexually assaulted me. And it kind of led to this kind of downward spiral in my life. Um, Ultimately, that I would say was a catalyzing moment for me and my faith. But 
yeah, it was really painful. And the way a lot of people at, in like my Christian community responded to that was extraordinarily hurtful as well. But were you about the same age or? Yes, we were. Did they like blame you for it or? Um, the people in my community? Yes. Some did. I was also called a whore by um, some people. And that, <sighs> I mean, that was probably the worst experience because that was also from one of my best friends at the time. What? And I got the comments of like, oh, you know, like, what were you wearing or what were you doing? Was there alcohol involved? And I was like, does that even matter right now? <laughs> like, um, mm. So yeah, it was just comments like that um, from, I'll say my peers age-wise, but then also some people who are older as well. So yeah. I'm sorry you had to go through that. It mm-hmm. sounds really painful. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm assuming that I would that hurt your experience in the church mm-hmm. and most likely affected your faith. Right. I mean, yeah. what happened after that? Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't say my hurt was necessarily from like the church in like the broader sense, you know, definitely from him. And then, you know, the people I opened up to about this, who didn't respond in a way that you know, it was conducive to a healthy environment. But yeah, I feel like it hurt my opinion and just my experience with the church, I'll say with like a capital C, just the way that so often the Christian circles respond to sexual assault survivors and just that narrative that they have around the intersection of Christianity and then um, sexual assault and where that lies with virginity, where it lies with purity. Um, And yeah, just how that was talked about but then on a more personal sense I was just distraught that someone who I thought was safe who was a Christian could do something like this and I think it was about a week and a half later I was sitting there didn't really know what to do and was starting to get angry at God again which had Mm. been my position for so many years before um And I sat there, I was like, okay, I have to make a decision right now. If I think that, you know, God doesn't care about this, that he just let this happen. Or if I believe that God is good, that he does protect me, that he's my protector, that he's sitting with me in this pain, that it like hurts him, that I'm hurt right now. Um, And I'm going to really push into my faith right now and work through this, or if I'm going to leave it because of this situation. And, you know, after I became a Christian, especially in the way I did, I was like, no, I can't leave my faith. Like God told me that he's here, that when things happen, Mm -hmm. I tend to run away. And I was like, I need to push in. Um, So yeah, it was this catalyzing moment and really pushed me to grow deeper in my faith and see God as I'll say different aspects of who he is than I traditionally had grown up, you know, here was the father spirit. And I was like, there's so many different aspects of who he is and the different names of him in the Bible. You know, he is provider, he is protector, he's healer, and he can heal physically and emotionally and spiritually all of these um, like injuries we have. And yeah, he was just so good. Then ultimately it really pushed me to start thinking about what my beliefs were on purity, virginity, sexuality, what God says about them. Um, and what ultimately led me to 
launch holy ship so wow now did you get any counseling or help to process all that yes i went to therapy for about a year and a half so oh that's great a lot Mm -hmm. of folks don't ever do that Mm -hmm. that was really helpful for you oh my word so helpful i actually don't know how i just did life in general before therapy but <laughs> um <laughs> definitely would recommend to anyone despite having gone through a traumatic experience but it wasn't it wasn't yeah. a church counselor it was an actual licensed counselor mm-hmm. yep oh. it was a licensed psychotherapist so she was just so incredible and let me work in as much or as little parts of my faith that I wanted to so it's yeah. really good and honestly a healing experience so I am so glad to hear about that. Were there any other things that were helpful in your healing? Yeah, I think actually just finding trusted people who were responding in helpful ways um, and that were just really there for me. And I mean, even in the little ways where they wanted to be part of my mess with me, they weren't scared of it, but wanted to sit with me in it. Um, and we're just willing to help me in small ways, like do my laundry one week for me or go grocery shopping for me, where it's something small that I definitely could have done. But just having them do that allowed me time to just sit with myself and actually work through things. And they really like offered me that space to heal. So, wow, yeah. what a blessing. Mm-hmm. And you're still at the same church. So, this happened at a different church. Oh, oh okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was gonna say like yeah no it's been really difficult for me mm-hmm. now the church seems to excessively elevate virginity mm-hmm. and the purity culture above actual people yeah and I didn't realize this until I was an adult and hearing mm-hmm. other people's stories uh, I had a normal teenage life went to mm-hmm. public school and so I didn't go through that purity culture growing up and looking back I'm I'm thankful for that yeah do you think virginity and purity are the same thing so I don't believe virginity and purity are the same thing but I do think that they've been portrayed as the same thing and really conflated um, especially to women who did grow up in purity culture but I don't think they actually are the same thing We'll try and say this without being graphic, but yeah. there are, you know, friends of mine that they, they're seeing somebody, they're dating somebody mm-hmm. and they're doing everything except actual yes. intercourse. Mm-hmm. They're doing oral sex and, or they're yeah. um, stimulating each other and um, they still think they're, they're virgins. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, well, like, uh, if you are stimulating one another to an orgasm, mm-hmm. that's sex. Do you yeah. think so? Mm-hmm. You agree with yeah. that? I think, you know, obviously there's intercourse, but then I think there's other sexual activities that do count as sex. That's why when I talk about sex, I like to clarify like intercourse and then sex, I think it's kind of the umbrella of all of these sexual activities that you're doing. Um, and I tend to believe that even doing those things, again, is considered as sex. And then I wouldn't consider that as still being a virgin. And I even fall under like that category as well. What was that? 
I like live on the street. So there's a ton of like noise and a like huge thing of motorcycles came by. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> so anyway, I, I don't know. I, if somebody's saying that they're uh, a virgin and they're doing all these extracurricular mm-hmm. sexual activities, I think they're kidding themselves. Yeah. Maybe on a technical sense they are, but mm-hmm. the other thing is maybe you're not doing the physical stuff, but you're doing all the mental stuff. Mm-hmm. I think I heard you guys saying on your podcast about, you know, your thought life mm-hmm. and what you're reading, you know, the romance yeah. novels or pornography or maybe even movies that yeah that have these really graphic love scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not considered porn yeah. but they're graphic mm-hmm. yeah they don't leave much to the imagination and i don't think we can be pure mm-hmm. when we're participating in those things yeah. what do you think on that yeah so i think um a lot of times when people equate virginity and period well, purity it elevates i'll say sexual or your sexuality as like the biggest aspect of purity. Uh, but I believe that purity is when you're just pursuing a relationship with God, you're, you want what he wants in your life. And I think virginity, or, you know, if you have had sex and now are trying to save yourself from marriage abstinence at that point is a natural outpouring of that. And, but again, I think the Bible talks about purity of mind, purity of heart. And I think that plays out in what you watch, what you're like doing, what your thoughts are like, and maybe you're not a virgin and, you know, you've decided, you know, I am going to commit to saving myself till marriage for, you know, the next guy. Um, but then you still struggle with lust. I think, you know, there's still that like level of purity that's not there, which obviously, God works through and he meets you in that spot and he still desires relationship with you. But I think it's this constant desiring to be in relationship with God and pursuing that. And yeah, I think you have to really evaluate what you're thinking, how that plays into purity, how, what you're doing, like, does every part of your life line up? And I started spending I have like an hour every Saturday where I think back in the week I'm like okay what did I do this week was it honoring to God how can I change that and it's led to a lot of drastic shifts in my life where I'm like you know what I got like drunk like three nights this week just like without like meaning to but I was just out with friends or different things I'm like I need to draw a harder boundary with my like drinking habits or my alcohol habits that I'm honoring God in that part of my life so maybe that's like I only have one drink a week and I'm like, you know, not going to get drunk. And I think that's an aspect of purity. Um, yeah, I think it's so much more than just sexuality. It's a really more holistic view of purity. But, yeah. Oh, I agree. That's, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I had a normal teenage life. I had mm-hmm. premarital sex and yeah. Although they were positive experiences when I got baptized and I went to Bible college, I, you know, I met before the Lord and I said, Lord, I, I have done these things. I know they mm-hmm. weren't your will for me. And I want to set my, myself apart for you in a holy manner. Yeah. And a lot of people have shame in this department. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't have that shame because I knew God's forgiveness. Yeah. And even then in college, I messed up. I was engaged to a guy in college and up to a month or two before the wedding, we hadn't even kissed or hold hands. Mm-hmm. And then we were on the couch <laughs> one night, everybody had gone to bed and we we're by ourselves. And then all of a sudden the floodgates are. Yeah, are like wide open, and we wound up uh, in the bedroom, and and yeah, that was a mistake. And I was like, oh man, I messed up again, and you know, and I cried, and then I told my fiance, I said, you know, we, we shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And he made fun of me. Oh, he made fun of me. He's like, well, you act like you're a virgin or something, and I'm like, well, I know I'm not, but mm-hmm. I wanted to save yeah our sex life until we were married and Mm -hmm. it kind of was insulting to me that he was like yeah uh, making fun of me and we obviously we we wound up breaking up for Mm -hmm. a couple different reasons one of those was that Mm -hmm. that he wanted to keep going yeah and I said no we're gonna stop this and it's really hard to go back to yeah go yeah. back to not doing anything or holding uh-huh. hands right uh yeah. he didn't want to he wanted to keep keep messing around and so I said you know I don't think this is where the Lord is leading me mm-hmm. and you know they're going to kick me out of school if anybody finds out yeah um, but the Lord already knows so I can't really live a double life and pretend yeah. that I'm living a Christian life and behind everybody's backs I'm sneaking around I don't Mm -hmm. think that honors anybody so yeah yeah so for those that okay they're listening to us talking about virginity and purity and they have the same kind of experience well hey I've already done some things is there Mm -hmm. hope for me there is hope right Lydia oh 100 percent um you know I think the main message, especially in purity culture, is that if you've had sex or you've done sexual things, you're somehow like now damaged that a guy will want you less because you're not whole or, you know, saved yourself for him. And at least for me, that's where a lot of the shame came into play, even just when discussing sex, like it was just like this dirty topic, like you didn't want to talk about it, you couldn't do it. And if you did, you know, again, like it was like you were damaged somehow. And that was really the messaging put towards women. Um, but yeah, I think there's just so much hope for people and God still desires relationship with you. Even if you have messed up or you have done certain things, um, he still desires that. And he still wants you to experience the fullness of his love. He still wants you to be in a healthy relationship after that. And he, you know, he desires to see, I think his people, in healthy marriages. Like, I don't think he wants these to fail. Um, and yeah, I think even if you've had sex before marriage, there's obviously, I think there's a lot more, I'll say mental work you have to go through just because I do believe that it unites two people. Um, but yeah, I think you can still definitely be in a healthy relationship and there are guys out there that aren't going to see you as less than who you are in God's image um, because of that. And yeah yeah it is possible to retrain your brain Mm -hmm. to not i mean you're gonna still think about things but you're not gonna dwell on them Mm -hmm. you're gonna change that channel when Mm -hmm. 
it's probably not something I should be, you know, looking at or you're looking at some guy without a shirt on and, Mm -hmm. or if you're a guy listening and, you know, you're at the beach. um, Yeah, it's, it's a struggle, but it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. Give a, give yourself some grace, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us and God's just so gracious to give that to us. We're, we're making the effort. The Lord sees that. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Lord, give me the strength to treat that person that I'm lusting after as mm-hmm. a precious child of God, right? Yeah, yeah. That brother is a brother in Christ. That is a sister mm-hmm. in Christ. And yeah. we need to treat them with respect and dignity. Uh, they're not just a piece of property. They're not... Yeah. Um, the object of our lust mm-hmm. to use. One of my favorite topics on the podcast here is boundaries. Yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about boundaries here for a while. I uh, love it. Because I think that's where we get in, get into trouble is mm-hmm. we don't establish those boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And not that somebody can't cross your boundaries, but uh got to create boundaries in all areas of our life. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about, you know, the physical boundaries, but boundaries at work. Yeah. You're not available 24 seven to receive phone Mm -hmm. calls or emails from your boss. Yeah. Family. No, you can't just come over whenever you want to. No, you uh, (laughs) can't give my kid a cookie whenever you want. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Food, food has boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, food is to nourish our bodies, right? But mm-hmm. when we're eating too much of the wrong kinds of foods or entertainment, uh, did you know that God has boundaries? <laughs> Heaven's got boundaries. Yeah. The earth has boundaries and entrance into heaven, that's a boundary. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your your expertise dating relationships and friendships. Yeah. How can we how can we put those boundaries up or figure out what our boundaries are? Yeah. I think a great way is to first sit down and kind of at least this is what I did. I wrote down each area of my life, right? Um like my like dating relationships, like sex sexuality as a whole you know, I did write down one for like food, work, different things like that, friendships, and then wrote down what my boundaries were in each one. It really took the time to sit down, think through it. I was like, okay, first off, like, what are my convictions on these topics? What do I think God says about these? And what do I personally believe? Kind of wrote those down. And then ones I would like to have, but maybe haven't been great at in the past and kind of created this list and like really looked at them and spent time with each different topic. Um, And yeah, and then I spent time in the Bible and I was like, you know, does the Bible talk about boundaries and work? Does the Bible talk about boundaries in this area? And then really sought out the passages that we're talking about that to implement in there. And something that I really had to work through was if I was making boundaries based out of fear or if I was making them out of actual conviction that I believed. Um, And I think that was extraordinarily helpful for me, especially in relationships, you know, um, like, am I afraid just not to have sex before marriage? Cause I think I'm going to hell or do I believe it's because God has a greater purpose for sex and 
um, that it unifies people and had to really think about that say like, no, I actually believe God created sex to like bind two people together to create this union. Um, and yeah, just really make that like relationship flourish and offer that connection. And then I think one that really helps me in maintaining my boundaries, obviously still can be very difficult, especially in romantic relationships. But I think having that conviction behind why you have certain boundaries definitely helps. Um, And then for me, specifically with romantic relationships, going to counseling was a great way for me to just talk out those boundaries, have, you know, a professional opinion on, I'll say what was healthy for me and what wasn't, especially because I've experienced assault. And so, yeah, that was really helpful. But honestly, I think like the biggest thing for me was actually sitting down and taking the time to think about it before I was put in situations where I just all of a sudden had to know my convictions and boundaries. Um, and yeah, made sure I did that before I got into my next relationship and before I was making more friends, just really figuring out, you know, what I believed on all those. Well, I'll have to, um, I will fast forward to my years after my divorce and mm-hmm. back into the dating game after being out of the dating game for mm-hmm. 20 years. It was a whole new world of because I didn't have internet dating when I was in Mm -hmm. my 20s. And it's kind of like going to college and you have no, nobody to tell you that you can't do something. Mm -hmm. I was single. I had, I had my own place. It was, there were no boundaries at all. Yeah. And I had no clue what was out there on that internet. Yeah. (laughs) And I found out the hard way. Mm -hmm that inviting somebody over to my apartment when I think, oh, we're going to watch a movie on the TV mm-hmm. or we're going to play music or we're going to play a game of cards or yeah, whatever, the guy isn't planning on watching the movie mm-hmm. or playing the, acti- playing the activity, whatever it is. Yeah. I thought, oh, well, they're Christian guys. Some of them were preachers. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting sitting on the couch watching, I think it was Gladiator. And all of a sudden, he's like, we had not even kissed yet. And he reaches over and he started kissing me. And of course, mm-hmm. it's all downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like that for every guy I went out with. It was like mm-hmm. they would they would push the boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And I trusted people way too early, way mm-hmm. too much. Um, I will say there was a gentleman I dated that I, I used to work with. And we, to his credit, he was the only one. I mean, he was a Boy Scout. We both went to each other's apartment and, you know, he was really awesome. He did not try anything. Mm-hmm. He was very respectful. Uh, we wound up not continuing for other reasons, but... Um, so share if you're if you're comfortable share with us examples of specific boundaries you've you've put in there for yourself. Yeah. So for dating, if I have a guy at my apartment, I try to have my roommate home because it is nice. I do live with a roommate, um, or like have her come home, or like not have her come home, but make sure she'll be coming home at like some point during that. Um, I don't allow guys in my bedroom or specifically to sit on my bed at all, even if it's like just sitting there. 
Um, that's hard boundary for me. But then I think also I try not to be physical at all on my first or second dates, kissing mm. or holding hands. Yeah. That's just more of a personal one, just because I really need to trust someone before I have like any level of intimacy with them. Um, yeah, I think those are more of my physical ones. I also have had to create emotional and spiritual boundaries as well in dating relationships. And so, you know, there's certain things and topics and like, you know, I don't actually need to share my story because that's a privilege for me to share that with someone on the first day. And like, there's different levels of vulnerability. And so, Mm -hmm. and I think it kind of depends on each guy in the situation as well. And if you were friends before, if you are meeting someone off of a dating app, um, just how much you share depending on what level of the relationship you are at but so we shouldn't be oversharing yeah and I think like you know I think you can talk about your family if it comes up on like the first date you know but maybe don't share you know all the family drama or you're like your trauma from that right away and you know save that until you actually trust them and you can trust them to hold that part of your story well now you mentioned roommates I never had roommates i like I say, I had my own apartment. Mm-hmm. I mean, my thinking is, what if you had a roommate that, okay, they have their boyfriend over and they're over there in the corner making out. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you do then? Yeah. I mean, listen, I've had Are they all holding sorts of you roommates. <laughs> Are you going to hold them accountable or what, what, what would happen? Yeah. I think it kind of depends on the roommate. I've had some where I mean, we had very different convictions about dating and some of them, you know, were totally fine with having sex before marriage. Um, And other ones who have asked me like, hey, can you make sure you come home? And like, if you hear anything happening in the living room or whatever, just come out and be like, hey, just reminder, I'm here, you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think kind of depends on the roommate and the relationship you have with them and the level that they want you involved in that. Um, you had meant on your podcast about the spiritual boundaries, which I found very interesting because I didn't really, I didn't really think of those at all. Mm-hmm. Can you explain yeah. what a spiritual boundary is? Yeah, I think spiritual boundaries are boundaries you draw in your relationships. Like honestly, in any relationship that protects your relationship with God, and just a personal example, I was dating a guy and, you know, we met at church. We actually like in a prayer worship meeting. And then our relationship from that point on was very focused around prayer, worship, serving, doing all these things, but it almost became performative. Like every time we got together, it was like, okay, I have to have like the perfect prayer. You know, I can't like mess up in this regard because that's just how we saw each other. And it was almost like prayer and worshiping became a way to impress each other versus serving God or working on a relationship with Mm. God. And so that's a boundary I draw where I have, you know, I think praying over food's fine. I think I'll say like more like light prayers um, are fine, but you know, going really deep in prayers or something I'll wait later in a relationship to do, or maybe even until engagement to do. So not that answer your question. you, You feel that's really intimate. Yeah. And I think, you know, your relationship with God's the most intimate part of you and how he sees you. And I think we're so quick to be like, oh, I can't be physical because that's intimate, but it's like, no, actually intimacy with God and like bringing someone else to that is also such an intimate part of you that needs to be protected as well. So I would say maybe, maybe if you were engaged to somebody, then you can, you know, do that 
praying and crying thing together and bearing your soul in your prayers to your future spouse. But um, so here's a concept. You know, the Bible states that you shouldn't be unequally yoked. Mm-hmm. And most people think that, okay, that just means your your significant other has to be a Christian, a believer. What do you think about like you're dating somebody, whether you're a guy or a girl, mm-hmm. and the other person is not, they're not on the same part of the journey as you are mm-hmm. in spiritual growth. Yeah. Would that be a deal breaker for you? I think so now. I think um even a couple of years ago, a couple of relationships ago it definitely wasn't. I was like, oh, he's Christian. It's fine. Like, obviously we're on the same page. We both believe in God. Um, but as I've grown in my faith, I think there's different, um, different spiritual maturities there. And I want a guy who not only is going to lead me in my faith, but also is going to be like really strong in his convictions that, you know, if we are kissing, he's like, nope, I actually am drawing the line here. Like, I know I want to respect you. I want to respect God. And so we're not going to go any further than this. And, you know, he can really lead through that way as well. But I think for so many people, myself included previously, um, it was hard because I just wanted like a good Christian guy. And I didn't really, I'll say vet him further than that. And lots of these guys were so nice, but they just weren't on the same page as their faith about me or didn't have the same level of importance in their life as me. Um, and then I saw myself kind of backsliding to meet them where they were at versus, you know, them kind of ramping up to be where I was at. So we're on the same page. And yeah, again, like with myself and with other friends I've seen this with, it's so hard because you're like, no, you were doing so good. And now you're just like, oh, like maybe I won't go to church because we have a date night or, you know, different things where you're compromising um, something that you were so like strong on before, but that, you know, when you are at those different levels, it makes that harder to, um, you know, uphold. I appreciate you bringing up the, you know, the pulling you down, Mm -hmm. whether it's a a guy or a girl. Mm -hmm. Which it can happen either way. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to be the one being the spiritual one all the time yeah. in the marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm marrying somebody, you know, I, I'm i not perfect, but I am, you know, reading, reading the Bible and seeking the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. There's some days when I honestly, I don't do that. Life gets into the way or mm-hmm. I have a certain code of conduct. There are things that, you know, in scripture that that we follow in our life, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be always the one, well, that's not right. We shouldn't be doing yeah. that. Yeah. Not that my my spouse, my husband has to always be the leader, but if I'm going to church, I shouldn't have to like, come on, we need to go to church. Yeah. I'm not going to force think- anybody to go to church, but I'm not going to sit there and sit there in church by myself i married a christian i expect my spouse Mm -hmm. to worship with me expect my spouse to pray for me i expect my spouse to maybe we don't do our bible study together but Mm -hmm. you know i think you know you don't want to always be the accountability partner or the one that's nagging um like i want a guy that's just like so wholeheartedly pursuing god that i can just run alongside of and pursue god with him and not have to be like Hey, I just wanted to make sure you're still reading your Bible. Cause if I'm going to marry someone, 
want to make sure he's actually spending time in the word, you know? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, anything else about boundaries that we that we didn't mention that you wanted to bring up or or sexuality in general. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I know I we're supposed to like, you know, tell you to listen to the podcast because you guys talk about all kinds yes, of things. Yes, we do. <laughs> yeah, I think just with boundaries, just an important reminder to always have is that um, whoever you're with should really respect those boundaries. And I think one, going into a relationship, it helps being in a relationship with someone who does share the same, like I'll say like broader convictions as you. Um, but yeah, you should never like be made fun of or made to be like feel less than because of the boundaries you have I think finding someone who respects you and those is just really important but and don't be afraid to yeah. stop stop the relationship mm -hmm. if they're yeah. not going to honor your boundaries mm -hmm. men or women yeah because if they're not going to honor your boundaries and these things they're not going to mm -hmm. they're not going to honor boundaries when you're married yeah right Mm -hmm. you're sleeping together before you're married yeah uh or he's seeing all these girls and I say he I apologize it's he or she yeah <laughs> like flirting with other mm -hmm. people you know doing things that they're not supposed to do yeah he or she uh then what makes you think that the this person is going to be pure in marriage yeah. they're yeah. gonna only have eyes for you mm -hmm. they're you know want to spend time with you they don't want to um yeah push the boundaries of outside of marriage mm -hmm. when things get tough and i've been married twice and and marriage is a choosing every day when you get up to serve my spouse mm -hmm. and decide hey i'm going to have a happy home with the lord's help right mm -hmm. let's talk about your podcast we're getting almost to the end of our time here mm -hmm. um what what inspired you to start your podcast with your co-host there yeah um talked about this earlier but you know just me really digging in and thinking about and honestly questioning my whole beliefs of what god says about purity sexuality all of that um kind of led me on this journey to talking to mentors, talking to other friends that were Christian who weren't seeing what they believed, spending a lot of time in the word, you know, what does God say? Like, you know, no sex till marriage, but it's like, what about everything else? Like there's all this gray stuff. And like, where does that fall? Is it allowed? Is it not? Does he even talk about that? Um, so yeah, it led to a lot of great conversations, but I realized that so many specifically Christian women had been so hurt by the conversations that the church had had on sexuality, virginity, all of that. And yeah, I feel like there was a lot of shame around it. And I was like, that's just so wrong. And I was like, God created mm -hmm. sex to be good within mm -hmm. the right um, context and framework. And I want people to be able to talk about this without like shying up or feeling shame about their past. And I want them to live in freedom and in light. And I was talking to Emma and she's like, you know, like, we should do a podcast on this. I was like, yeah, yeah, like whatever. And I had a couple other friends also be like, no, Lydia, you like really like talking about this. Like maybe like actually put it to good use. And so I was like, yeah, like I'll be your co-host. So we started the podcast and it's just been 
so incredible. We've had some great conversations that honestly have helped me grow so much, but then um, we received so many messages from girls who it's just helped them. And now they like want to start talking about this with their friends. And it's just been really cool to see, um, yeah, just how open it's become and how much girls just like love talking about this now and like desire to pursue like godly sexuality and actually really think about their convictions. So it's been cool. So can I ask what age is your demographic? Yeah, right now our demographics kind of large. It's 20 to 40. Um, it's like our typical listener, obviously that's average. Are you in your twenties? Yes. I'm 23 right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. 23 was such a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One thing I really like about your podcast is not only do you talk about these difficult topics and you, you know, you talk about shame and you talk about your past and but you do it in a way where it's not like super graphic. You're very sensitive mm-hmm. to people's feelings and you know, you know, you're not gross about it. You know, mm-hmm. you talk about sex, you know, you can, yeah. you can get in the weeds there for, yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's very respectful. And uh, I noticed that you don't push your opinions on somebody else. You don't say, well, this is, this is definitely you know, you shouldn't be doing this, uh, except unless you have a Bible verse to back it up. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's you need to pray and ask the Lord to guide you and mm-hmm. what he has for your life. And yeah, the Holy Spirit is who guides you and not. I, I appreciate about that because a lot of my listeners are, are from domestic violence and abuse mm-hmm. and like you, sexual yeah. assault and um, they need a safe place, mm-hmm. a yeah. safe place to go to listen mm-hmm. where they're not going to be embarrassed. Yeah. And so I definitely recommend Lydia's podcast and Emma's, Lydia and Emma's podcast. Um, where can they connect with you? Yeah. So our Instagram is, I'll say our main channel for information and seeing updates. And our handle is at the Holy ship, which is like a boat ship, um, dot podcast. And then, um, you can either like DM us or comment or you can FaceTime us through that, I guess, you know, <laughs> really anything. And then our Gmail is the Holy ship dot podcast at gmail.com. And we check both of those every day and try to respond within 24 hours, but. Why yeah. did you name it the Holy Ship? What's so the story behind that. Yeah. <laughs> so one, the ship stands for like relationships um, oh. towards the end of that. But Emma had this moment when we were talking. She was like, "Oh, holy blank! Like I don't know anything <laughs> about boundaries or like sexuality, all this stuff." She's like, "Lydia, what if we named it Holy Ship?" And I was like, "Genius! Like so on board." <laughs> wow, I wasn't so gonna say that, like, it, but I thought... yeah. Yeah. So we try to play on the humor of it and, you know, make it a little thought provoking. <laughs> yes. Very good job there, Emma. I like it. <laughs> yeah. She's a clever gal. <laughs> you have any advice for those listening that you'd like to close with? Goodness. I honestly, I think just in general to find a trusted community that you can just pursue God with and do life with that 
you know, they're going to hold you accountable, but they'll also be there when you do mess up and they're not going to, you know, shame you, but they're going to welcome you and guide you back to God. So yeah. Perfect. So I'll have all of this in the show notes so they can connect with you and thanks so much for being on the show and reaching out. It was really great talking with you and I'll be listening. (laughs) Ah, Thank you so much for having me. It was such an honor and pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for listening to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. You can connect with us at dswministries.org, where you'll find our blog along with our Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel links. Hope to see you next week.